Praise the Lord. Well, we're glad you're here. Amen. We welcome you that are watching. We know God will impact your life with this message. That's what God is in the business of doing, transforming lives. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we greet you from the River Church, South Texas, right on the Mexican border. You say, where's the Mexican border? Just right there. Just there. Amen. We'll be right there. Minutes away. Amen? Amen. Be in Mexico. But we are glad to be here and that we know God will shape this entire region. Amen? Amen. Who's ready? Yes. Amen. I mean, we are a part of it. We're not just sitting back being bystanders. Too many people in the church are bystanders. But uh, I'm going to minister tonight in the lungs of. Um, 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 uh, mm -hmm. I get the tongue working. So hold on, wait a minute. Let me crank that tongue up and get a little. <laughs> Amen. But praise the Lord. <laughs> I gotta like wind it up, right? But that's okay sometimes. Amen. Hallelujah. But we're gonna see a great mighty moving of the spirit. We're gonna see all of South Texas shaken by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to talk on the lines of revival. That's what I'm going to talk on. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of, there's a lot of misconception in the body of Christ what revival is. But uh, we're going to look at revival. And that really, revival is visible. Amen. Amen. Revival is visible. Praise the Lord. You know, I shared a little bit about how Elijah in the grave there was a funeral taking place and they were burying a man and at the time the Moabites were invading. So they saw a band of men coming and they got in a hurry. They got a little excited. They got scared. And so they, they put the man in the tomb of Elijah, and it touched his bones, and he came back to life. Amen? He was revived. Glory to God. He was revived. And so that's what revival is, that God would revive us. Amen? Because a lot of what's happening out there is a direct reflection of what's happening inside the churches. And that does not mean just inside, listen, that does not just mean inside the four walls of the church. That means the church, you and me, born again believers, what we're doing everywhere. Because you can't come to church and act one way and then go in the world and act a different way. So revival is change. Amen? That's really if you want to, because there's this misconception. By the body of Christ. You know, why is it that so many people are attacking revival? They attack. The church doesn't need to be revived. Revived. The church doesn't. Open your eyes. My goodness. The church needs to be revived. It needs to come alive. Amen? Hallelujah. So God wants to revive His church. But really, revival is change. Amen? And really, when you talk about change, well, what kind of change? Well, it's a heart change. Amen? It's a heart change. 
That's what happens. Revival comes to you first. Revival comes to me first. Amen. Every single person should experience revival. Their own. Amen. Say, I'm going to a revival service. Where are you going? No, I'm having one. I'm having it in my prayer closet. Amen. You've got to be revived. Hallelujah. Come on. See, that's why people are, <laughs> you know, they think that it has to happen in some meeting, which most of the time, I mean, you can see a lot of times there are revival meetings that people get touched at, but there's a lot of revival meetings that just because you stick a label on it and call it a revival meeting and you're going to meet Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but there's nobody getting revived. Just because you stick a, a, a banner out there saying revival doesn't mean revival is really happening because revival is visible. There's going to be some evidence that a revival happened, that people changed and people were transformed. Amen? So revival is changed and the change is visible. Hallelujah. If we talk about revival, many don't really know what revival is or what it looks like. Amen? But revival has those visible signs. Amen? Revival is to bring people to Jesus and rekindle their first love for Jesus. That's really what it's about because, listen, the cares of this world, the things of this life, the hardships, those things that are going on and, and circumstances and situations drain people. Drain people. Shut it. Not justified. Amen? Not justified. Because you have everything inside of you to live a victorious life. Jesus has given you, amen, power and authority. He's given you everything so there is not a, that you have a justification to fall apart. You don't. You have everything. What? Why would you have a care in this world? Why would you take upon yourself the burdens of this world when you're yoked with Jesus? Amen? Hallelujah. So, it seems though that because of the cares of this world, because of what's happening, because of what's going on in families, in marriages, at the workplace, in people's finances, people's health. I mean, you look at what's happening is, it seems that they get so caught up sometimes, focused all the things of the temporal that it totally drains them of everything and they need to be revived. Amen? Amen? They just need to be revived. That's what revival is about. Because the focus got off of Jesus and onto something else that's temporary. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We hunger and thirst after Jesus. Amen? We are pursuing Jesus. Now in that pursuit, in that everyday life, you have to make a decision and a choice. Amen? And so you can actually, that's why people say, well my goodness, you're having, it's like it seems like you're always in revival. Well yes, that's how it should be. You're always, you're constantly getting filled. Amen? The Bible says be being filled. Amen? There's a pouring out of the Spirit of God, hallelujah, and it doesn't stop. Why should it stop? Amen? 
That's why some people get just barely enough to get by. No. God wants to give you so much that that's what you're going to live for. Amen? You got to go from where you're barely getting enough to where you can't get enough. Hallelujah. But one of the things about revival, it's about people coming back to their first love. Hallelujah. It's about people falling in love with Jesus all over again. And I believe that's going to happen even tonight. Amen. That a flame in your heart will be rekindled, even those that are watching, even as this message goes out over, over the airwaves and the internet. Amen. Hallelujah. That you will come back to Jesus, that you're that fire in your heart, that fire that went out. You got to stoke that thing. Amen. So we're going to stoke it tonight. Hallelujah. By the fire of the Holy Ghost. So, what does revival look like? Well, let's take a look. Let's go over to Acts 2. There they go again. Going Acts. You know, you could go to every book of the Bible, go to the very end of it, it says amen. But you go to the book of Acts, there is no amen. We are still living the book of Acts. Amen. These are the days of the Holy Ghost. And these are the days of the church full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Acts. It's called that for a reason. Amen. amen. Come on. So let's see. Acts 2. It says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, and out of every nation under heaven, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Corinthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Padocia and Pontus and Asia, Persia and Pamphylia, and in Egypt and in the parts of Libya, about Cernay and strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What needed this? Others mocking said, These are Men full of new wine. Amen. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, meaning it was about 9 a.m. It was 9 a.m. in the morning. But these... Praise the Lord, but this is what that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 
And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord. Come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you. As ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the <laughs> determinate counsel and for knowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life that thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord shall, whew, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy, fo thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, meaning us. Amen. Worthy of far off ones, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many... Other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 
Judah. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. There's a picture of revival. They were revived. Hallelujah. And it is visible. And it's to every person. Amen. Look, they said, this is what it said. It said that there was men represented there from every nation under the what? Under heaven. Amen. On this earth. Hallelujah. Think about it. Man, I love that. Praise the Lord. Whew. And they were all amazed and they marveled. Amen. So what does revival look like? Well, first, there is an outpouring. Amen. There is an outpouring of God's Spirit. The first thing that's going to happen. It's going to outpour. Second, the noise. It's noise abroad. Amen. It will be noise abroad. Glory to the Lamb of God. And third, you'll see the multitudes come in. Amen. The multitudes, people getting saved. Look, I say this all the time. The mark of a move of God, the mark of a move of God, is souls being added to the kingdom. Amen? Souls being added to the church. That's the true mark. If souls aren't getting added, is people really being revived? If something's happening, are they coming back? Look, because in revival itself, it's about coming back to Jesus as your first love. Amen? There are visible signs of revival and it works for everyone no matter what nation, place, or group. Amen? You saw that. In Acts 2, we just read it, 9 through 11. So it works. doesn't matter. They say, well, you can't. You're going there? That's such a dry place. Well, praise God. It's not going to be dry when you leave there. Amen? Amen. When you get there, it's going to change. Hallelujah. Because you're bringing revival to that place. You're bringing life to that place. The river of God is about to flow through you in that place to bring life. Hallelujah. That's why some people, you just need to get them a Bible and put them out in there. Amen. In the hardest places of America. But you can't do that until they've been revived themselves. Until they've had an encounter. Amen. Too many dead churches filled with dead people. And then what are you going to do? You can't send anybody. Nobody's going to go. And if they go, what are you going to do? You're going to impart depression. Look, I'm just being real. Amen. What are you going to depart? I mean, impart. What are you going to impart when you depart? <laughs> when you show up, come on. Are you going to bring revival to that place? Or are they going to say, man, I wish they'd leave. I wish they'd leave. They always do. I mean, I don't know what it is, but... So there are visible signs of revival, and it doesn't matter who it is. So don't ever, 
No, you can't. I mean, you know how many people say, what? You're going there? You're going to the to the border? I mean, they're, I mean, you know, that's what people get. Oh, my goodness. There's so much witchcraft going on. What are you going to do? We're here to break the thing wide open, and we're going to do it by first getting to the church. Amen? Look, a church that is dead is not a church that's going to go out after anybody, after souls. Amen? A church that's dead, a church that needs to be revived, come on, is not going to do anything for the kingdom. They're just barely trying to make it themselves. Barely trying to make it. Barely trying to get through. Not here at the River Church. Glory to the Lamb of God. Come on. My goodness. Hallelujah. But we're going to see the whole thing breaking. That's why. Because why? Because you carry revival. You are carriers of the anointing. You carry revival to a lost generation. Amen. Hallelujah. And the first might just be the church. Amen. That's why revival has to come to the church. That's why that's why people's hearts have to be broken for the lost. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why people say, well, I mean, there's even songs that they write about it. About breaking my heart for what breaks yours. You know, what is that really? You know, I, I just, I mean, but there is no sign that would be visible that their heart is broken. Amen? Look, your heart needs to be broken for the lost. You've got to be, I mean, broken where you're seeing, because people are dying. I mean, even the founder, even the founder of the Salvation Army, William Booth, back when they actually got saved, had a dream and he saw people going off, getting caught up in the cares of this world, and he saw great masses of people going off a cliff. Right into a fiery pit. And nobody was doing anything about it. Nobody could. Because why? Because people get caught up. In the cares of life in this world. And they'll drive you over a cliff. But when you rise up in power. Hallelujah. When your heart is revived and changed. When your heart is broken for the lost. When you come back to Jesus and He's your first love, then guess what? When Jesus is on the forefront of your heart, then what matters to Him will be on the forefront of your heart. Amen? Yes, amen. Whew, glory to the Lamb of God. And it will be visible. It will be visible. Amen? The baptism in the Holy Spirit brings unity to the body of Christ. Amen? Go over with me to 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. It says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Amen? One Spirit. Unity. That's a very important ingredient to revival. Sometimes revival, that's why you'll see, I mean, think about it. Think of the preachers of the day of old. Think of the Bible apostles, amen, that would preach. And it says that it was about midnight, amen. Paul was preaching. He said about midnight, some kid falls out the window. He has to go raise them up from the dead. That's revival, amen. That's revival. 
Hallelujah. It's midnight and the service is still going on because people are hungry. And sometimes it's got to be that way because you've got to get rid of the people that don't want revival. Amen. And you've got to let then God move upon those people that are hungry. Amen. You've got to get rid of the ones that are actually causing a blockage. Amen. Because that's what everybody does say. They say, well, we want revival. We want revival. We want revival. Well, get ready. Yeah, I don't know if you really want revival because I tell you what, when revival hits, the cockroaches and the rats are going to be exposed. Amen? You know, revival comes. The revival, one of the things it does is it shines a light. Amen? It shines a light. It's shining a light on the dark places of people's hearts. And things will come to the surface and things will be exposed. Amen. Look, I remember the words of John Wesley. You can read his writings. And they said he went to a church that was about 120. And experienced revival. And he says when he left, they were about 60 strong. Amen. Can you imagine half the church gone? But he said, but when I left, there was 60 strong. Amen. See, that's what revival, but it doesn't always look the way that you want it to look. People, that's why, I mean, pastors across America, you know, they want revival, but they want it in their confinement of their imagination or what they want to happen. Amen. How is it going to affect the church growth? When really revival is what's going to affect the church growth in a positive way. Because why? You're going to have people that are going to be strong. You're going to have people that will operate in miracles and signs and wonders. Amen. Afterwards, they're going to be on fire for God. Hallelujah. Because they're going to be totally sold out to Jesus. Amen. Woo. You know, we learned that on the road. You know, going and trying to do work with churches. And when we travel... On the road, we lived on the road for two years, and you find people that, I mean, you're trying to train them to be soul winners. You know, you're trying to train every, which is one of the things in the body of Christ that there is a neglect. I mean, statistically speaking, less than 5% of the body of Christ share Jesus with anybody. Amen? Amen. I mean, it's a sad statistic, but it's a reality. Well, why is that? You know, we used to try to train people, but you can't train somebody. You can't get anybody to do anything until there's a heart change in their life, until they see yes. that revival. That's what revival is about. Amen? Yes. When revival comes, I tell you what, the fire of God comes with it. Hallelujah. To burn up all the dross and burn up everything that was holding them back. Look, you've got to understand, when Peter got up and preached that sermon, which is about a four-minute sermon plus, sermon plus. Amen? Four-minute sermon plus. Because he says he said it a lot of other things. That's what it said. Among other things he said, right? But you got to realize, these are the people who crucified Christ. These are the people. And he's preaching to them. And it pricked their heart. There was a heart change. Amen? Where they went from the ones who supported the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, even some very ones, who were there in the crowds, most likely. Amen? Peter says it. You're the ones that crucified Jesus. And there was a heart change that happened. And they said, what must we do to be saved? Amen? They repented. And they came to Jesus. And it was about 3,000. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! That is revival. Yes. 
That's a big change. Going from where you're the one who you don't like this man, Jesus, who you're against, you oppose Jesus, and want him dead and kill him, to where now you're coming to him and you're falling in love with him. Amen? And you're going to serve him and you're surrendering everything to him. Whew. That is revival. On the day of Pentecost, when they were in one accord in one place, 20 didn't just get it. 40 didn't just get it. 60 didn't just get it. But all 120 got it. Amen? Everybody. That is revival. Hallelujah. They all got it. Now understand, there was about 500 people that started out. And they, the crowd began to dwindle. Can you imagine going from a 500 crowd to a 120 crowd? That's a, that's a major church failure. That's a major, you know, that, I'm just going to speak on that. Because, see, that's what, it's all about the numbers. Well, you know what, why do you, what is it about the numbers? When most of the people that are filling the congregation in a lot of these churches, they don't tithe, they don't give. They're just there, like dead weight. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because revival has not come. Think about it. They don't. They don't do anything. They don't win souls. They don't share Jesus with anybody. They don't testify. Do you understand? That's a picture. This this is what how the church started out and how it still is operating. Amen. You have five hundred people. The people say, "Oh, we don't want." Look, I've had people say. People won't even drive into the parking lot if they think that you're affiliated with a denomination that would be at all Pentecostal. You know? Now people say, no, look, if they think that the move of God is there, or that there's holy rollers there, or people that speak in tongues there, people won't even drive in the parking lot. They will not come. It will stunt church growth. Look, I've talked about it before. I'm not going to get into it. But you've got to understand the model. Amen? And really what happened is God would rather have 120 hungry people than 500 people where a majority of them don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Think about it. Think about it. That's why, why do people, why do pastors and churches, why do they model their church growth based off of the thing that's not going to offend people and hurt people, it's just going to allow, it's just going to fill the pews. When done to those people, they're actually productive in the body of Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because with revival, when revival comes, then, and only then, when they have an encounter with the Holy Ghost, will they be productive in the body of Christ. Amen? Otherwise, they're not going to be productive. What do you, what do you mean by that, Pastor? You might ask that question. They won't bear fruit. And their, their life definitely won't be visible there will not be a visible sign in their life. Amen. Where they will produce fruit and that their fruit will remain. Amen. Hallelujah. Is this helping somebody? Amen. Amen. One of the reasons people come against the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to create division and disunity in the body of Christ. It's a big thing that happens. As well. They create disunity. They want to create division. Hallelujah. 
baptism in the Holy Spirit is the supernatural seal given to each member. Amen? To every person. That's the, a supernatural seal of heaven. Amen? The Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Water baptism is something that is done by man and with man's participation as a testimony of their burial and resurrection into new life. And you can read about that. We won't go there. Romans 6, 2 through 4. That's Romans 6, 2 through 4. You can, you can read about it. Buried with him through baptism and death. Amen. That's what it talks about. But Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. John 1, verse 33. His entire ministry was preparing people for this baptism. The baptism in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and in fire. Amen? Not until that's what really what, what the visible sign is going to be is you're going to get moving. Amen? You will get moving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! When Samson got them foxes, what, 300 of them? And lit their tails on fire? They didn't stick around, man. They got moving. Amen? They got going. When the fire of God comes, it'll get you moving. Hallelujah. But the fire that comes, it burns up the things that would hinder you and block you back. Block that would hinder you and keep you back. Amen? But it's that revival then that would come to you that would be visible in your life, but then it will be visible through your life. Amen? Look, you can't give anything away if you don't God. That's right. That's why I tell people, if you ain't got it, don't preach about it. Don't try to teach it. Get it first for yourself. That's what the problem is in a lot of senses. Is the churches are, I mean, the pastor gets up and they read, and not that I'm attacking pastors, but they get up and they read, so, 21-point sermon, well, that's actually not even accurate. Two-point sermon, because they preach, you know, 25 minutes. No, I'm serious. They preach very, very short, out of the reader digest, as they used to say, amen. Just bullet points, boom, 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 which there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. There's nothing wrong Come on, that's nothing wrong. That's what I mean even in Bible college. I mean, you're going to have homiletics. Amen? Which is the art of the preparation of preparing a sermon. That's what it is. You're going to prepare. So, and you're taught, you know, it's three points. Amen? And you will see some of the greatest preachers. For instance, Reinhard Bonnke. He's a three-point preacher. Boom, boom, boom. He hits them very short. But he preaches the gospel. He demonstrates it. See, that's the problem. Is you can't just preach something without demonstrating it. Amen? Amen? That's why many preachers, if you ain't got it, get it, then preach it. Amen? Amen. you got to live it. Jesus said, freely you receive, freely give it. Well, guess what? If you ain't got it, then how are you going to give it? Amen? That's why revival's got to come to the house of God. Revival comes to the house of God to set them ablaze. Amen? That they will fall in love with Jesus. Then guess what? They'll fall in love with whatever Jesus is in love with. Amen? Amen. That's why it's mind-boggling me that people say, Well, I love the Lord. I love Jesus. I love God. The people. If it wasn't for the people. 
You know these people. I got these neighbors. And I got these. Well, wait a minute. If you're loving Jesus, you're going to be loving people. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why you got to be revived. But to get you set ablaze so that you would then be turned loose by the Holy Ghost. Amen? on a nation that needs a great spiritual awakening. That's a revival. That's what we're going to see. Remember, God always deals with the church first. Then He deals with the world. Amen? But a lot of people don't maybe understand that. They even say, well, you shouldn't judge. Well, actually, the church is what's going to judge the world. Amen? And judging is not a bad thing. You know, I was having this conversation just the other day. Judge. Everybody thinks judgment is a terrible thing. It's a horrific thing. No, even David. David. King David. He said, judge me according to my integrity. Judge me according to that I walk according to your word. Judge me. You see what I'm saying? It's not, not necessarily a bad thing. Everybody puts it into a bad context. Amen? It's not that we're judgmental. It's not that you're pointing out people's flaws. You see, that's the problem. Is. It's not where you're, you're gossiping and telling everybody's business to other people behind their back. It's not about any of that. Amen? That's why you should not judge people or be judgmental of people. Amen? Yeah. But you should love people. Because yes. in judgment, there is always an opportunity to repent. See, that's God's model for it. So, I mean, I just... Think about it. God always gives people an opportunity to repent, to come back to Him. He's so good, amen? So, if we have that character of God in us, that nature of God in us, then guess what? Then that's how we should be too. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. But you're only going to be able to do that and see things differently in a perspective of heaven is when that revival comes to your heart. Amen. Where you'll be set ablaze. Where everything will be burnt up that would hinder you and hold you back. Amen. Because then you see the church just begin just to grow. Just to grow. Just to grow. Just to multiply. Just everywhere they went. To literally, they turned the world upside down. Why? Because revival came to the house of God. Amen? Revival comes, and then the great spiritual awakening. That's what it is. Amen? You're not going to shake anything out there by the power of God if you don't let the power of God first come and shake you. Amen? And set you ablaze. How are you going to set anything ablaze out there without the fire of God setting you ablaze? You are carriers of the fire of God. You are carriers of the anointing. Amen. You are Holy Ghost firebrands that God will come and write upon your heart. Because in revival, eternity is always going to be at the forefront. Eternal things. Eternal things. Amen. Because Jesus died for people. Hallelujah. So that's what you're going to see. You're going to see, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things. I mean, we, we discussed, I didn't necessarily get into it, but I'll just go back through them. There's an outpouring. Then it gets noise abroad. Amen? And then the multitudes will come. 
come to Jesus. I believe we are on the brink of a great harvest of souls like it's never seen before. Hallelujah. We are on the brink of it. We're going to see a harvest of souls where people are getting saved front right center. Amen. Hallelujah. But that revival has to come to the church first. And it will be very, very visible. Hallelujah. It would be very, very visible. Woo. The gospel is going to be preached. In bold. Amen. I mean, there's lots of other things. I mean, you can read in there a lot of different things that happen. Persecution comes. Go read about it. Acts 4. Amen. I mean, there's so many... <laughs> There's so many things that can hinder people. There's so many. The enemy is out there to hinder and stop you. That's why you got to allow revival to come and change. Change that heart. Amen. And even God, even Hallelujah, will come and take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. That's what he's looking to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray with you because I believe that there are those even tonight that will receive a touch from heaven. That revival will come to them and then come to their home. Amen? So if you're watching, if you're here tonight, first things first, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, tonight is your night. Amen? Today is the day of salvation. You don't have to go to a devil's hell. Let me ask you this question, my friend. If you were to breathe out your last breath, where would you spend eternity? There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. But secondly, there's all those that are backslidden out there. See, that's what revival is coming. Even, I believe, great in a great measure to the church. Amen? To the body of Christ. That people will come back to Jesus. And make Jesus their first love once again. Jesus wants to set you ablaze. Amen? That you will be hot on fire. He even says, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. So you've got to get hot, set ablaze. So tonight, you can come back to Jesus. If you know you're away from God, you, you've walked away. You've got out of the will. Maybe you're caught up in a lifestyle. Whatever that lifestyle may be, you can come back to Jesus and He'll set you free. Maybe there's a destructive habit in your life. It'll be broken off your life. By the power of God. And your heart will be changed. He'll take out that stony heart. And he'll put it in a heart of flesh. Hallelujah. But maybe. You know. And let me say this too. Is that revival that will come to you. As you come back to Jesus. Then will come to your household. Amen. That God would use you. Where they would say. Whoa. That, I don't even know who that is. Who is that person? Because you will not identify with the old self. You will become new once again. Amen. And then thirdly, maybe the devil's lying to you. The devil's telling you you're not saved. You're not born again. You're a nobody. And you're not going to heaven. Those lies are from the pit of hell. And they will be broken off your life. So if you fit into one of those categories. You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You're backslidden. You know. If you were to die. Jesus would say, who are you? God will spew you out of his mouth, because you got lukewarm, or the devil keeps lying to you. I want to pray with and for you.
right now. I'm just going to ask everybody just to bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray this prayer. You that are watching, pray this prayer out loud, believing it in your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you and I surrender my life to you. I ask, Lord, that you forgive me, that you would wash me and cleanse me by your precious blood. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Jesus, I believe you died for me, that you raised from the dead by the power of God, and that you ascended to heaven. And you sit on the right hand of the Father. Now, Lord, come. Change me now. Take out that stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on destructive habits. I turn my back on bad and evil lifestyles. I surrender everything. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on the flesh. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Now use me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Be my Lord. Because you are alive. Now be alive in me. And be alive through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Did you pray that prayer? See? You do. Amen. All old past away. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? That is so, so beautiful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hey, if you prayed that prayer. Send us an email, church at rivertx.com. Let us know. You pray with us. Amen. Send your prayer request as well. Hallelujah. If you're in South Texas, we're in McAllen, Texas. Amen. Come visit us at the River Church. Go to rivertx.com. Amen. Got all the details there. Or you can find us on Facebook at uh, fb.com or facebook.com slash rivermcallen. Amen. Hallelujah. Be a part of what God is doing. Yes. Amen? Now we're going to give you an opportunity to sow seed. You know what's amazing is a picture of revival or a, 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 a mode of revival. I will say this. You cannot receive from God if you can't give to God. That's right. One of the biggest areas in the body of Christ is in the area of giving where they fall short. Big area. Why? I mean that's that's because the sign. It's a sign of the heart. When you give, it's based upon the heart. Amen? So as you give tonight, do what God tells you to do. Be obedient. Amen? Hallelujah. You say, well, I don't know what to give. I have two amounts. Give the bigger one. The smaller one, that's the devil. Amen? The bigger one, that's God. Hallelujah. No, see, the devil wants to try to limit you. The devil wants to try 
He'll come in and lie to you because why? He wants to rob the blessings from you. Don't let the devil rob blessings from you. Amen? But God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? Amen. That's prompt to do. Hallelujah. So you honor Him with your giving tonight. Take your time. Take your offering. Hold it. I'm going to pray over it. Amen? You watching? Do the same. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you give seed to the sower. There's power in the seed, and that power is to multiply. And we do this because we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, Father. Whew. Thank you, Lord. You supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And even as we release this offering, it leaves our hand and goes directly to your hand. There's a spiritual transaction taking place. Our heart is where our treasure is. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That our treasures are in heaven. We're laying up treasures in heaven. We're going to get to heaven. Hallelujah. And it's going to be an eye-opening just the miraculous thing is we see what we've done here on earth. It's going to be reflected in heaven. And we thank you, Lord God, for souls that are being saved. That we are investing in the gospel. We are advancing your kingdom. And that we are going to see a mighty harvest in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You watching, you can participate. Go to www.rivertx.com and click donate. You can give online. Or send your love gift to the River Church, P.O. Box 6375, McAllen, Texas, 78502. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, be a part of souls. Amen? Come on. Yeah. Hey! God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? Look, you should get excited. We get excited around here about yes. this. Amen? You can live out of your giving. Amen? You can, God wants to do. I mean, it's, it's a model of it. Amen? It says that they sold everything. They were so generous, too. They all they said, anybody who has need, guess what? We'll take, I mean, think of it. It's a whole nother. I mean, I'm going to be doing uh, a themed uh, messages on the book of Acts. And we're going to look at it. And giving is one of them. That's totally, I believe, going to transform people's life completely. Amen? But there's a power of God. I mean, casting out devils. There's all the different things, amen? Fellowship, unity, amen, that God wants to do. Well, we know that you were blessed, amen? I just sense that. I just sense that, amen? amen. Hallelujah, that you're going to be set ablaze. You're never going to be the same, amen? amen. Well, we love you. God loves you. Get ready to see Rio Grande Valley and see America shaken by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We'll see you next time. God bless. The River Church, reaching South Texas from Rio Grande City to the Gulf of Mexico, going to the highways and the byways, impacting every generation in every school campus, in every business and industry, shaking every realm by the power of the Holy Spirit, Pastors Jason and Gloria Mangum invite you to join them in McAllen, Texas for anointed preaching and teaching with demonstration of the Holy Spirit, preparing people for eternity. Church with a difference. The River Church.